Welcome to the Black Magic Collective podcast presented by Black Magic Design. This podcast is made by filmmakers for filmmakers. Join at blackmagiccollective.com to enjoy free membership and all that comes with it. Now, on with the show. Why in the world would filmmakers need to know email marketing and how to use email marketing? What does it matter? And what's the best practices to get people to open that email? We're going to get deep into all that and more right now uh, with our awesome guest, Kate Hinshaw, who is a cinematographer. She's also our chapter lead of Wilmington, North Carolina. So if you live in that area, you need to get in touch and join that chapter. And she is here to teach us everything she knows from her past working on the backside of these companies. Kate, thank you for doing this for us. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I, before we get into the sort of presentation, what are your overall thoughts on why filmmakers really need to learn about email marketing? Yeah, I mean, I think um, beyond, I, I just, I find it personally very gratifying to have an email newsletter that goes out once a month, but beyond just that, um, it's it's really the most direct way to connect with people who can potentially hire you, um, future collaborators, and, um, and just stay connected with your community. One thing I'm always telling filmmakers is, especially if you do something like a crowdfunding campaign, for instance, those people are now your fans. They're now people you can continue to rely on and uh, be, have a, be a part of your career as you move on. Um, I have a newsletter. I have um, my Gem Page Filmmakers site, my Gem Page Film site, and my Heart on Fire production site all have a place you can sign up to be on a newsletter, which I haven't sent out yet, but I think it's important to start collecting those emails so that as we have a movie that's out to be uh, bought, which we found with playing with Beethoven, we didn't have everybody's emails. So we couldn't tell everybody that it was out there and ready to be bought. So it's really important for you guys to uh, collect emails, start now, even if you're not going to do a newsletter right away. And let's talk about what is a newsletter? Why, how do you do it? All that good stuff. Yeah. So, um, as Jen mentioned, my name is Kate and today we're going to talk about email marketing and building the filmmaker newsletter. I've been running a newsletter since 2018 and beyond just finding it really personally rewarding, it's also helped me book jobs. Um, and before we get into the nitty gritty, I just want to start by introducing myself. Yes, please. So um, my name is Kate Henshaw. I'm a cinematographer and tactile filmmaker. And what that means is when I'm not working with directors to lens their films, I'm making work on analog media. So hand processing film, scratching, bleaching, burning, and painting the film to create unique visuals and hand animations, which you can see on this image on the left. I'm also a professor of cinematography at UNC Wilmington. That's what brought me to North Carolina. Um, I'm originally from Atlanta, but at this point I've lived in six different cities across three separate countries. So we can also talk about how newsletters can serve the nomadic filmmaker and help you when you're making films outside of a major film hub. Um, so my background, um, as any uh, filmmaker probably knows, it's a lot of hustling to make your work. Um, my hustle was always in customer support before becoming a professor. So while I've always been a filmmaker first, I have acquired a good deal of marketing knowledge on the job by being in these customer facing roles. Um, and most notably, I worked at MailChimp for a year. And for those new to email marketing, MailChimp is an email marketing platform where you can build your newsletter. At this point, there are so many newsletter platforms to choose from, but just know if you've ever opened an email from a film festival, um, promotional emails, uh, their promotional emails from film festivals are usually built um, in MailChimp. I don't know why that's a crowd favorite from uh, film festivals, but it is. So let's get into it. Why do newsletters matter? 
So you have direct access to your audience. When someone signs up for your newsletter, they're giving you their most valuable piece of digital information, their email address. And it's free of algorithms too. So Instagram and TikTok are always going to be tweaking what they show, how they show, how, what you know, when they show you what they show. We've seen that a lot recently with Instagram trying to push reels more and more. And with newsletters, you can kind of just bypass all of that, which is really nice. Um, and it helps you distinguish yourself as an expert in your field and keeps you front of mind. You're leaving an impression on what you do well when you send a newsletter. So let's say I send out a newsletter about a film I just shot. If that newsletter goes directly to a director or producer's inbox, that's going to keep me in their mind for an upcoming project. It also feels personal, which is so valuable in the age of social media. And on that note, there's less pressure um, for the number of subscribers to your newsletter because it's not public facing, right? Like publicly, no one sees how many subscribers you have. So it's a lot less comparing yourself to others, um, which as many of us know can just be a huge bummer. Um, so that part is nice. It feels a little bit healthier than being on Instagram all day. And kind of most importantly, there's a higher conversion rate than social media. So let's talk um, conversion rates and newsletters and what that means for filmmakers. Conversion refers to the moment when a user responds to a call to action. So if on Instagram in the caption, you say sign up for my newsletter and people go to the link in the bio and sign up and that's conversion. There are ways to calculate conversion rate that I won't go into um, too much here, but at the end of this talk, I will link an article from MailChimp if you wanna do a whole deep dive on what these terms mean. But the most important takeaway here is that newsletters have a higher conversion rate than social media. With social media, it's about a 1% conversion rate um, of follower to paying customer. And with newsletters, it's 20 to 30%, roughly. These, these numbers are always fluctuating. But let's put that in perspective um, on what that means for uh, if you're running a crowdfunding campaign. If you send out a newsletter and your call to action is donate to my campaign. On um, social media, what that's going to mean is let's say you have 14,000 um, subscribers on Instagram. 1% of those subscribers are going to, or sorry, followers are going to donate. So that's 140 backers for your crowdfunding campaign. Let's say in your newsletter, you have 14,000 subscribers. Then that's going to be 2,800 backers if we're taking that at the kind of 20% uh, conversion rate. Po the most popular donation amount on Seaton Spark is $25. So the difference there is 140 backers, that's $3,500 versus $70,000 from your newsletter. So that's where it really becomes about the money and building a sustain sustainable filmmaking career. With that in mind, what do I put in my newsletter? And I'm going to get on my soapbox here for just a minute. Filmmaking is both technical and conceptual. And as filmmakers, we often spend way too much time thinking about the technical and not nearly enough about the conceptual. I say this as someone who is a gearhead. I geek out about cameras, lenses, how to process film. But if I don't have the why behind the what I, the what and what I do, then it's going to be hard for me to stand out among the 10 million other gearheads who also own a camera, right? So I see this all the time with filmmakers where they're saying a lot of things, but the answer to why do you do what you do is incredibly vague. So when I go to Google, for example, and look up production companies, I can't tell you how many times I see we're an award-winning production company who loves to tell a good story. Storytelling is our passion. We love stories. Great. We all love stories. That's why we've been to Netflix all day. Like that's, 
that doesn't make you special. Sorry to anyone who has that in their bio, but um, it's incredibly big. And we also are an industry that loves to like give us give ourselves awards. And I don't know if your award is from Campus Movie Fest or a 48-hour film festival or a jury award at South by Southwest. It just doesn't really tell me a lot about you. Um, so what it, what becomes important then with your newsletter is to get a little bit more personal and tell people the why behind what you do. So what, a great way to think about that is these kind of three steps of what are you good at within your filmmaking practice? What are you passionate about outside of your filmmaking practice? And what is something you can teach others about? Thinking about what you're passionate about outside of filmmaking provides that why you do what you do. My newsletter that I run is all about um, analog filmmaking um, and promoting accessibility in, um, uh, in film, regardless of budget, background, or location. And this is because one of my core values is that art should be accessible to all. Um, and this is reflected in my newsletter. So you wanna think of your newsletter as a hub of information as well. Um, because we usually open newsletters because we want something. That's um, where it kind of helps to think about what you're good at teaching others and thinking about your audience and really doing a deep dive on who your audience is. So I'm gonna give an example. Um, and this is uh, an example from, I'm in the um, Filmmaker Advancement Initiative at Blackmagic um, Collective. And so this is an example based on someone in my cohort. Jacob creates weekly horror shoots. Jacob's audience potentially could be people who love horror filmmaker, um, horror filmmakers who work on a micro budget or filmmakers who wanna be churning out work on YouTube, um, but don't necessarily know how to. So potential newsletter topics that he could come up with, how to turn out films quickly, creating the micro budget horror film, writing a script in 24 hours, how to find collaborators. And a great way to think about your audience is to identify these pain points. And pain points are going to be specific problems faced by your newsletter subscriber. And Jacob could even take it a step further if you wanted to and create a whole ebook on how to make a film in one week. And that gets a little bit into um, products, which we'll touch on today, um, but we won't go super in depth with. All that said, you don't have to have it all figured out right away. And it's a lot of trial and error. My newsletter started out as a bare bones newsletter in 2018. And through my film practice, I was noticing that people came to know me more as an analog filmmaker than a digital filmmaker. Um, I've, been, I've been accused of being a film purist, <laughs> um, but I do actually shoot on both digital and analog. And in 2019, kind of recognizing that that was my niche, I started um, Analog Cookbook, which is a film publication that uh, promotes accessibility in analog filmmaking and shares darkroom recipes um, and features work by analog filmmakers. And I built my newsletter, I, I kind of rebranded my newsletter around that. Um, and I've sold hundreds of copies worldwide of Analog Cookbook and, and people now seek me out for analog filmmaking uh, specifically because of my publication, but it's the newsletter, um, the newsletter is how I reach people. Um, and I will say I'm not freelance since I work in academia. I don't have to hit the pavement quite as hard um, as if I was freelance. But in the past three months, I've had three film projects come up that have all been uh, people who've just kind of found me and gotten to know me through my newsletter. And I'd say that usually for me happens like three to five times a year without really actively trying. Um, again, I have a day job, so I don't really have to, um, I, I can kind of, I don't have to seek out freelance work and kind of wait for it to come to me. But 
um, it, the newsletter is a powerful tool and kind of booking a gig or, you know, having clients and things like that. And I will share these two newsletters um, as well. Um, I have links that you can see, you know, the 2018 um, very bare bones one to the progression of what it looks like this year. So where to start with your first newsletter? So I like very actionable items. Um, and so I try to make these kind of as like, you know, step one, two, three, and four of what you can do um, to start your newsletter. The first thing um, to do is just go ahead and commit yourself to a monthly newsletter. Sending less than once a month increases your spam risk and chance for a high unsubscribe rates. Um, so this can happen because let's say someone signs up and then they forget they signed up. You email them three months later, they're gonna be like, who is this person? Mark your email as, as spam or unsubscribe. Um, and you don't really want to be in that space of having your emails marked as spam. It can be kind of, uh, it, it's not an easy problem to fix. Um, and then sending more than once a month, in my opinion, gets difficult to manage. Use your own judgment here. If you just like love sending newsletters once a week, I say go for it. But for me, my passion is filmmaking, not the newsletter. And I feel like you reach a point where that newsletter can distract you from what role it's meant to serve for you, if that makes sense. And if you feel like you don't have enough content to share for your monthly newsletter, I guarantee you that you do. Um, not every month has to be a film festival announcement. It can be anything from here's what I'm working on currently to here's five films I saw that really inspired me to here are the grants I'm applying to, cool articles I saw online. Um, it's really not as difficult uh, to do monthly content as it kind of seems initially. Um, so I guarantee you, you always have something to share. And then start by uploading your contacts who you don't, uh, who you know won't unsubscribe. And tread lightly with this advice. It's, it's very like semi-legal um, advice that I'm giving you right now. Um, there's something called the CAN-SPAM Act, uh, which was passed in 2003, um, and it's a law that uh, was passed to address unwanted soliciting emails. And in order to comply with the CAN-SPAM Act, you must have explicit permission to email people. There's other stipulations of this, like having an unsubscribe button and having your address on the newsletter, but it's really important that you don't just upload a bunch of contacts you don't know because they will mark you as spam and then your newsletters won't get into their inboxes um, or worst case scenario, you'll be shut down by an email marketing platform for violating uh, the kind of the terms of service and the CAN-SPAM Act. So start with your immediate circle, um, you know, start with mom, dad, cousin, brother, whatever. Um, people who you know are not gonna unsubscribe. And in a world where we put so much pressure on numbers of followers, it's okay to start small. Like if you have 15, 20, 60, under 100, whatever, that's fine. You don't have to kind of um, start with, you know, 500 subscribers right off the bat. I think my newsletter started with 40. So um, don't feel like you have to really reach for, for folks in the beginning. Um, and you want to tell people what you're doing. Be personable. You can email folks directly um, outside of doing a promotional email and say, hey, I'm starting this newsletter. Would you like to sign up? Send, send over a sign up link. Um, and you want to leverage your existing audiences, go on social media and create that call to action to sign up for your newsletter. So, you know, whether that's if that's like an Instagram story, a static post, a real Facebook status, Twitter, whatever you got, just leverage that audience to tell people what you're doing, why you're doing it um, and how they can sign up. And when you go on social media, announce your newsletter in a static post. Um, 
and like, uh, sorry, <laughs> kind of got off tangent there. Um, so it doesn't really matter what social media you leverage, but just go ahead and, and use whatever uh, you are comfortable doing and, and post about your newsletter. Um, and just make sure you announce your newsletter um, frequently. Um, so you can see kind of here on the left, I have this yellow box um, that says, uh, you know, analog news delivered digitally. That is something I made once like three years ago. I post that, you know, once every three months or so. Um, and then more frequently I do um, kind of posts that tell my followers what they're getting when they sign up. And every time I, um, I post the image on the right where it kind of says explicitly what's in the newsletter, I probably get about 12 to 15 new subscribers. And Analog Cookbook does not have a huge following. It has under 3,000. So it's, it's, it's a pretty good uh, conversion, um, all things considered. Um, and on that note, I would say be direct. Um, it's okay to just, you know, be really direct and, and kind of tell people how they can help you. I think uh, as indie filmmakers, we all know that it takes a village. Um, so you can just be really direct, like, hey guys, I'm trying to do this thing. Um, the best way you can help me out is just signing up for my newsletter. And that's something that people can do without donating. So people tend to like that as well. And I just want to come back to permission and subscribers and the do's and don'ts here. Um, so if you have a customer or client that you've worked with, you can opt them into your newsletter and anyone who signed themselves up, signs themselves up is great as well. Uh, but general rule of thumb, don't mess with LinkedIn contacts, random business cards, university lists, listservs. Uh, not only is this going to increase your risk of your emails being marked as spam, but it makes you look really unprofessional. As a professor, I can like personally, I get marketing emails um, all the time from some small distribution company or producer telling me uh, that they're trying to get me to buy uh, their client's film to screen in my class. And nothing makes me want to screen your film less than like an email in my work email, which is not an email I give, I give out to people. You know, that's my email that I use to talk to the 10 million students who ask me questions every day. Um, <laughs> I really, I, yeah, nothing makes me mark something as spam faster than that. Um, and a word of caution for anyone, um, you know, here who run a film festival, if you're adding the people who did not get into the film festival to your list of subscribers, that's going to increase your unsubscribe rate. And I will say, uh, running Animal Cookbook, we accept submissions twice a year. And I stopped adding the people who we didn't accept because they started, they were, you know, kind of huge numbers of unsubscribes um, were happening after I added them. And I don't think unsubscribing is necessarily a bad thing. It can kind of help cater your um, audience a little more clearly. Um, you know, if someone's unsubscribing, they're telling you who your audience isn't. So that can be uh, helpful there. However, um, for me, like I know how kind of cruddy you can feel when you're rejected from a film festival or something, and then you get an inbox with someone asking you to buy a ticket or donate to a film festival's Kickstarter. And so I kind of stopped doing that personally, um, but definitely tread lightly in that territory um, and kind of use your own discretion there. Other ways to turn a follower into a subscriber. Giveaways are always fun. Keep in mind if you're doing a giveaway on Instagram and your follower has to sign up for a newsletter to enter, then that's a few extra steps. So make sure your giveaway is something folks want um, and also something on brand with who you are. 
like it wouldn't make sense if I gave away like a $50 target gift certificate, right? Like people would be like, okay, that's fine. But no one really wants that from me. Um, lead magnets are also great. Lead magnets are free items or services um, in exchange for contact details. So you'll see this often with uh, something that says like sign up for a newsletter and get 10% off your first order, sign up and get a free ebook. If you're uh, wanting to get to know your audience better, you can say take this survey and then defer a chance to win a $50 gift certificate. And these are all ways for people to get you on their email list and get to know you better so that they can sell you stuff down the line. So as a filmmaker, you can definitely leverage that as well. Lastly, referrals are awesome. Word of mouth always goes further. Um, everyone in the film industry knows that. I feel like I don't need to, like I'm probably preaching to the choir here saying that, but um, referrals are absolutely amazing. And there are so many tools for referrals. You have applications like uh, Spark Loop, Referral Candy. Um, these are programs where you can integrate with your newsletter directly, and it allows you to build in a referral system to your newsletter um, directly on the newsletter itself. But they are pricey. Um, I think last I checked, the the price were, prices are ranging from like thirty, forty dollars a month to like two hundred dollars a month. It gets very pricey very fast. Um, the reason being that referrals work, right? So these are uh, some numbers just to give you an idea. Three very successful newsletters. Um, the Morning Brew went from 10,000 to 1.5 million subscribers in just 18 months. The Hustle gained 300,000 subscribers in just a few months and the Skim contributes 20% of their subscribers to referrals. Now, granted, when they're part of the, how they're giving, getting uh, referrals, like the Hustle, for example, I think gives away you know, like a MacBook Pro once a month and things like that. And as indie filmmakers, that's not really in reach for most of us. So it can get expensive fast with email marketing, but there are kind of some scrappier ways you can kind of work through referral programs and kind of leverage existing social media and platforms to um, achieve that goal. And there are so many tools for email marketing. I use MailChimp because it's what I know best and they give you up to 2000 subscribers for free. I have under 2,000 subscribers. I tend to archive my contacts who are not opening my emails to keep it under 2,000 um, because uh, you know if you have a subscriber who's just not engaging with your content at all, it's not worth paying for them, uh, just to be frank. And I like that I don't pay for anything for my newsletter service. So, because um, it can get expensive fast and it's just not where I want to put my money, right? I want to put my money towards my films and towards buying, you know, overpriced 16 millimeter film and scanning and all these other things that are insanely expensive. Other uh, programs, ConvertKit has become um, really popular among influencers and it has a built-in referral system for paid plans. So you're not having to pay extra, but ConvertKit can be on the pricier side. And I will say MailChimp does get pricey um, once you're over 2000 subscribers. Sin and Blue tends to be one of the cheapest, cheaper ones. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot of, uh, like, I, I'm not going to go into, it would take like two hours to go into each one of these um, programs. So I'm not going to go fully into the price breakdown of each one. Substack is also great. And this is just a note on um, paid newsletters versus free news newsletters. Substack, as well as, you know, Patreon tend to be these platforms where people pay you for your newsletter content. So if you go the route of paid newsletters, and you might want to do that if you're, you know, a screenwriter um, or kind of more on the writer side where you, where you enjoy writing and putting out content um, that people can consume that way. But there's more pressure to pump out content as soon as you start getting into the paid newsletter realm. And it can also be 
pretty difficult to get to that level where you're having like you're being paid enough to kind of live like the work balance of having to pump out work versus getting paid for your newsletter can be kind of difficult to strike that balance. Um, and for me, I, I find it a little distracting. Um, it, it can get to that level of distracting. And again, I want to focus my time on filmmaking. So with that in mind, um, as you continue your newsletter, uh, there may be times where it feels monoton monotonous or overwhelming, or maybe your newsletter just feels a little stale this month. I just sent out an email uh, newsletter this morning, and I was just, I was kind of having that feeling of like, oh man, what am I going to share? Again, you always have something to share. Um, but if you just find yourself stuck at any point, my advice is to kind of come back to these three questions. What are you good at within your filmmaking practice? What are you passionate about outside of filmmaking? And what is something you can teach others about? And that's kind of it. So I'm going to I guess, stop sharing um, and open it up to questions. Oh, Jen, I think you are muted. I'm not used to uh, being behind the scenes. I'm usually just running my mouth. So uh, <laughs> some things I want to point out to you guys while we wait to see if you have any questions uh, that I love that Kate said were one was be specific. Um, we talk about this always, whether it's your filmmaking, whether it's your newsletter, you need to be, whether it's your essay that you're writing for a directing program, being specific is the, one of the best things you're going to ever do for your career. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said about the newsletter, like who are you as a filmmaker? Who are... What can you teach? I love that. Um, and I love what can you teach because she says, what Kate said was people open something because they want something. And I like that thought process because how do you get people to open something? I've gotten so I get ugh, easily hundred newsletters in my junk mail every day from different companies. So if, what are you going to do to stand out? It'll always be the headline. That's like something that I want <laughs> is in that headline and I'm going to click it. So as a filmmaker, what can you offer? I like the, her using Jacob. Jacob's a newer filmmaker, but she still made it sound like he had, you know, he has a lot to offer. So, wow, this earbud is just being a pain in the butt today. Um, and the other thing I loved was committing to it monthly. Being consistent is always good, no matter what it is that you're doing. Uh, I like committing to it monthly. And I like that she said, you do not have to wait until you have a lot of followers. And one thing I've been guilty of is going, I'm not going to start my newsletter till I have a lot more people in the, you know, subscribed, mm -hmm. but, but you're right. Your film career is now it's not, you, you don't want to wait to the future. You want to start building that audience now. And the other part of that is if you have raving fans, those early adopters to your newsletter, even if it's five people, those people are your raving fans. They're going to share your newsletter. They're going to be proud of you. They're going to share your content, which is going to bring more people in. Yeah. Um, so everybody who's here, does anybody have any questions coming up? Uh, we have one from John who says, what would you say is a good way to appeal to people who aren't filmmakers, but just the average movie fans? That is a good question. Yeah, I think that's going to take a little bit more market research than a, being a filmmaker appealing to other filmmakers. You know, we kind of know what we like and, and I, I think it's like, if I'm appealing to other filmmakers, I know money is always a big thing, right? So I can share grants that I'm applying to and people open my emails because of that. Other filmmakers, like it's it's much harder. I think that's something where you could um, interview your people who've watched your films before. Um, I know uh, it's mentioned that John says that they're a director and also produce other films. 
go back and look at those films and look at who your audience is and go beyond just demographics, you know, um, you can appeal to people of all ages, but like, what are those people into? Are they, are they into your films because uh, it's a genre based film? Are they huge horror fans? You know, things like that. I found that John with our last movie was playing with Beethoven. Um, we really were trying on our social media anyway, because we weren't very good about newsletters. We really tapped into people who love classical music and who believe classical music should be brought to a younger audience. And that tapped in. It was it's such a specific thing that you're like, I don't want to niche down that far. But because we niched down that far, we actually had a bigger audience than we expected. So we had people who were, you know, over 60 and under 20. We had right. both of those. So it's really about figuring out, like Kate said, being specific, who is your target audience and if your movies are different, which gets tricky. So like for me, I'm always romantic dramedy and musicals. So it's very easy. If you are doing a bunch of stuff, your first adopters are probably people who believe in you and who are your specific fans. So I recommend putting out stuff that's about you as well. Like what's going on in your career, what's exciting, things that they would want to know because I guarantee your first people are people are like, like Kate even said, your friends and your family are the first people who come in. Yeah, and I think on that note, like that's such a good example about um, classical music and bringing classical music to um, kind of younger generations and things like that. People love to see themselves reflected back in back in movies, right? So if you're um, making a film that's very specifically about one community, um, or even think about you know the bear that just blew up on FX. Like I know everyone in the restaurant industry was like, oh my god, you know, <laughs> you can make a whole. Um, newsletter about restaurants and um, representation in film and share recipes and just like talk about movies that way. And it is, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say it is a a niche, like it is a niche. Um, But the more you're able to kind of narrow down, the better. And I think I'm, you know, textbook, I will do everything. I have a finger in every pie. Like I do a cinematography professor, like I, I do a little bit of everything. But my newsletter is very specifically focused on analog filmmaking. And I do sneak in some of like my cinematography work in there, but I'm still approaching it from that like analog accessibility um, angle. That's what I was gonna add on is that obviously you want people to hire you as a director or producer. So you want, and in Kate's case, a cinematographer. So you definitely wanna put that in there, but the bear's a good example. So everybody's talking about the bear. If either your film relates and you could be like, did you love the bear? Check this out. Um, whatever it is, find something in the, in the pop culture that people are going to open. And mm-hmm. also I find that asking a question works really well to get people to open your email, something that's intriguing. Um, like I, I can't come up with something now, like, but like, a, like was the bear wrong for this moment? Whatever. It's kind of clickbaity. I don't use that, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a good um, conversation around subject lines, which every single email marketing platform has some article about how to write a good subject line. Um, what I have found, uh, I, I put emojis in my subject line. I find that works really well. I love the kind of like, um, like almost like antagonistic questions. Um, I saw one, um, I, I follow the, uh, the writers, uh, um, uh, a substack by a writer who um, her welcome email was like, go ahead and unfollow me now. And it was like, go ahead and unfollow me now if you don't like whatever she's writing about. But it made me open it because I was like, oh my God, like, what did I do? Like, (laughs) you know, but like, so you could be like that, right? Like you can be like a little snarky if that's your tone that you're going for. You can be like, go ahead and unfollow me if you hate classical music and film. Like, 
you can kind of be like, if, if that's the tone you want, again, if you're going for more like family friendly and romantic comedy, maybe that's not the tone. Um, but don't be afraid to kind of get playful with it. Um, and again, do anything other than I'm an award-winning filmmaker who likes stories. Like go further, go further. Tell us who you are um, and what your values are. Well, and also I people love the getting getting the tea, as my daughter would say. <laughs> they love the drama. So if your people are specifically subscribed to your newsletter and they know you're a director producer and your subject line is something like, I just had the hardest day on set or something that's like, I need to know more about what this drama is. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would work as well too. Cause I want to know what's yeah. happening, what happened. Everyone wants to be in on the drama. Like no one wants to be like, like in it, but they, everyone wants to witness it and like watch someone else like, go, you know, so yeah, definitely play that up. <laughs> uh, does anybody else have any questions? I think Kate, your presentation was great. I really appreciate it. Um, and obviously everybody should go back and look at those screenshots again as you go to form your newsletter because it's really good stuff. Um, as far as mail um, services, we end up switching, Black Magic Collective ended up switching to Mailer Light because we were finding MailChimp was clunky and very expensive. Yeah. So um, we, I now use a Mailer Light as well for my companies. Yeah. Uh, John says that was a mountain of information. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Black Magic Collective Podcast. If you're having fun talking tech and the biz with us, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please leave reviews as it helps others find the show so we can keep making great content for you. We're also on all of your favorite podcast apps, as well as YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please visit blackmagiccollective.com to join and be part of the filmmaker community. All of our events and programs are free to filmmakers, thanks to our presenting sponsor, Black Magic Design.